Uh, hello, uh, uh, welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. I'm going to be looking at Job chapter 3. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. <laughs> he cursed his birthday. Um, don't give him a birthday card. Don't surprise him with a cake. Job is not a fan of his birthday. And Job said, Let the day perish on which I was born. And the night that said, A man is conceived. Let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. And so here, God's light is equated with God's blessing. You know, don't bless that day. But it's also, you know, you think of Genesis, you know, think of God saying, let there be light. So here, light is equated with God's power of creation. You know, may God not create that day, almost wipe it out of existence. And I, I think here, um, Job wishes that God never made him in the first place. That's what he's saying. Uh, verse 5, let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. So a way of talking about the chaos, you know, gloom, darkness, clouds, the chaos that was before creation. So again, obscuring that whole memory of his birth, you know, wiping it out of creation, of existence, wiping away um, his birth. Verse 6, that night, let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Don't, don't celebrate it. Let it not come into the number of the months. Cut it out from your calendar. Throw it away. Verse 7, Behold, let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry enter it. You know, you know picturing, you know, someone being born, this baby, the cry, you know, you know, let there not be that cry. Let, that, let there not be that birth barren. Verse 8, let those curse it who curse the day, who are ready to rouse up Leviathan. So he's pouring out this curse, not blessing, but a powerful curse on the day. And he's calling people who wake up Leviathan, this huge creature, who have power to call this creature to hasten to wake up, you know, to use that power to destroy the day of his birth. Um, where are we? Verse 9, Let the stars of its dawn be dark, let it hope for light but have none, nor see the eyelids of the morning, because, because, verse 10, it did not shut the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide trouble from my eyes. So he's talking about his perspective, you know, coming out from his mother's womb and then seeing the world. And what he sees is just trouble, trouble, trouble. That's his description of his entire life, you know, opening eyes and just encountering suffering and trouble and doubt. And it's brought him to this point where he curses his entire existence. That's the thing about Job. He looks back at his entire life and because his today is so bad, because he is so tragically afflicted, 
so much pain he's encountering today, all his yesterdays, he says, it's not been worth it. And I think it shows just how powerful it is suffering um, is, especially at the end of life. You know, you think you come to the end of life and what you do is you open up a Excel spreadsheet and you think of all the good things that you've done, all the bad things you've experienced, and you think, oh, so much good things. Oh, praise God, it's been a good life. But to be honest, I don't think that's the way it works. You know, you come to the end of the life, and if you end badly, if you end in doubt, you end in suffering, it causes you to forget all the goodness, all the light of life makes you wish almost, almost, that you didn't live at all. Yeah. Uh, where am I? Uh, I've lost myself. <laughs> um, was it? Uh, da, da, da. Verse 11, Why did I not die at birth, come out of the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me, or why the breasts that I should nurse? So he wishes that he had died at birth no wait he questions you know it begins with why why you know why is this happening so he's not just saying i wish that i died but he's saying god why did you give me life so he's speaking to someone he is addressing god and asking for an answer verse 13 for then i would have lain down and been quiet i would have slept and then i would have been at rest so here he sounds, well, he sounds frustrated. He sounds angry, for one thing. You know, it's just been th through so much suffering. It's going, you know, why is this happening to me? But here he also sounds tired. You know, I wish I could rest. You know, God, why, why haven't you given me this sleep, this release from this suffering? You know, if only you'd not let me live, and then I would have slept, verse 13, I would have been at rest. He's just tired. He's just tired of all the suffering and the pain that he's going through right now. Verse 14, with kings and counselors of the earth who rebuilt ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. So he's thinking of all these very accomplished people, you know, kings who rebuilt ruins, princes, who fill their houses with silver. Maybe they did very well in business, that kind of thing. And he imagines that he can hang out with them <laughs> when he dies. And it's like, you know, if today I try to hang out with Bill Gates, you say, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> but in his mind, he says, you know, when we all die, we hang out in the same place. Maybe that's what he's saying. Uh, verse 16, or why was I not hidden? As, as a hidden, stillborn child, as infants who never see the light, there the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary are at rest. Again, this picture of sleep, this idea of being escaping from all the troubles, the wicked can cease from their troubles. And it's interesting that earlier he was talking about the kings and now the wicked. So the other end of the spectrum, they all end up in the same place. Verse 18, there the prisoners are at ease together. They hear not the voice of the taskmaster or their boss telling them always to get done this work. He says, finally, finally, I can escape this life of slavery. 
um, verse 19, the small and great are there. Uh, prisoners and princes all end up in the same place, and the slave is free from his master. Verse 20, why is light given to him who is in misery, and life to the bitter in soul who long for death but comes not, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures, who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they find a grave? Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? So it begins the same way. Why is light? Why is light? I think it's talking more than just life. Now, why give life to this person if he suffers? But I think here he's talking about wisdom. You know, why is this light of this knowledge given to this person if he's just not being able to find the answer? And here you see that Job is anguishing, not just because it's so painful, but because the suffering seems so meaningless. It shouldn't be this way. There's something wrong about what I'm encountering. So it's not just the intensity of the pain, but the pointlessness of this trial, of this suffering. And he almost blames God for putting him in this situation, you know, whom God has hedged in. You know, God builds these hedge, these walls around him, and he can't get out of this room. And he can't run away from just asking this question again and again and again that has no answer, that has no solution. Uh, verse 24, for my sighing comes instead of my bread and my groanings are poured out like water. For the thing that I fear comes upon me and what I dread befalls me. I'm not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What do you do when you meet a friend who is complaining like this, who is questioning God, asking for answers, and not finding any, you know, just questioning, questioning, questioning. I think uh, one thing to realize is that I think, I'm not, I hope I'm not exaggerating, we'll all come to this point at some point in our lives, if not at the end. And um, to realize that this comes from a relationship from God, not the absence of it. You know, you don't ask these questions unless you know that there is meaning in life, there is a God who gave you your life. And in a strange way, actually people who ask these questions are the ones who reveal that they're searching for God. They're searching for meaning and they're searching for an answer. Um, it's just worth being patient and listening to them and hearing underneath that angst and that frustration and that restlessness, a real desire for an answer from God even and to maybe even pray for that answer. You know, pray for God's graciousness, His Word, you know, His providence to work through these questions to bring us to a point that we will encounter Him maybe. Um, I don't know, I don't know, you know, how would you deal with this? Um, whether it's a friend of someone who's going through this or maybe if you're going through this yourself, it must be just, you know, so tiring, as I mentioned earlier, you know, just be asking this again and again and again. I know. <laughs> Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for Job. Thank you that he almost suffers in our place. 
and asks these questions on our behalf. Thank you for Jesus, who even on the cross cried out uh, why you forsake him, forsook him, and you know, their experience that ultimate separation and frustration in death. And it's him taking this upon himself. Thank you that he is our way, our answer. And thank you that when we come to him, we find a person who understands us in our pain, but also in our frustration and restlessness, gives us his rest. Uh, thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is Job chapter 3. Um, yeah, thanks for watching. Oh, uh, got Bible class soon. Okay, bye. <laughs>